I'm using a stool today because I haven't felt very good this week. If you've shaken my hand, I think I'm okay. You want to shake your hand? Shake my hand afterwards, and it's on you. It's not on me. I've told you uh, beforehand. I haven't told you, so we're just going to believe it's all, it's all good. Um, uh, thank you for the, the birthday well wishes. I spent birthday, my birthday in bed uh, with the flu, but I, didn't, I don't think I'm catchy. Jenny says I'm not catchy, and she knows. She's my physician, her and Jesus. Um, man, you look good. I was looking around, and you look good. And you're out an hour early. You're watching online an hour early, so thank you for uh, watching from your bed, uh, and thank you for showing up. Thank you for the birthday wishes. Thank you for uh, coming, reserving the, the front row. Once again, for those who maybe slipped in just a little bit late, uh, it's always... So the front row is always available. Uh, <laughs> it's always good. God's good. A um, couple things. So, uh, you know, I have uh, I have counted 12 people I know personally that have my same birthday. That's just, that's that living today. Like, that's just, that's unusual, I think, you know. So, uh, and Bob Smith, you have a birthday a week to the day after mine. I think yours is the 16th. So happy birthday in advance. Bob asked me how it felt to get old. Uh, I don't like it, uh, but I'm going to endure it. He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Marvin had a miracle. Now, you know, I'm, the, I'm not the guy that usually calls people out, but I got to give you this testimony. So Marvin called a few weeks ago was in blockage in his artery, main artery, they got to go in, be ready for surgery, going to be at least maybe three stints, and going to be, could, could be open heart, all that. I said, and along with others, Marvin, let's pray that when they go in there, they don't find anything at all, right? We prayed that, Marvin, on the phone. And so Marvin went in for surgery uh, Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday? Friday, Friday, and uh, they didn't find anything. So it's just, that's, that's how God works. That's just, listen, that's how God works. And listen, it wasn't my prayer or his prayer. It's God, right? And so we can all pray that same prayer by faith. And so uh, thank you, Jesus, because uh, we, well, first of all, we love Marvin. And uh, thank, we love the Lord and we're, we're thankful. So uh, I, a uh, little bit under the weather, feeling much, much, much better. If you see me toss the mic to Marcus and run that way, you'll know that maybe something hit that it shouldn't have. And so we'll be all right. I'll come back. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I made it through the first one. We'll be okay. God's good. Uh, so heaven. Uh, we're going to talk about heaven. We talked about heaven a little bit last week. We're going to talk about heaven this week. I would encourage you not to miss the next four weeks because we're going to still talk about heaven next week. And then we're going to go kind of into the whole Easter series. Um, really powerful stuff that the Lord is just kind of downloading uh, on me and, and other people. Honey, thank you for that word. I think for the, this younger generation, uh, there are a lot of choices. Uh, some of them self-imposed. Some of them are finding themselves in places that they never, they didn't know, they don't know how to react to. And so uh, we, we need to help be guiding lights to people, right? We need to, to walk with that generation. Uh, and can we stop judging them? Can we just kind of can we just nurture them? You know, sometimes the younger generation just needs a big old hug. I, I uh, man, I, I love hugging our, our, our grandbabies. Uh, some of my grandbabies are way bigger than I am, but I still want to hug them. Now, and I'm going to hug them if I got the flu or not. So hopefully I'll. Little, little Jude, our youngest one, 
he's going to be four, and he, he always wants to know if I'm going to go to his uh, birthday party. <laughs> Some reason he thinks I'm not coming. I'm not sure. He asks me all the time. And uh, today, the first service, he came running up and said, hey, every week he gives me a hug. Hey, Judah, give me a hug, buddy. And he came running, and they, like, put the brakes on. I said, what's wrong? He said, Mommy said, air hug only today. Well, <laughs> so he goes like this. <laughs> Mommy educated him. Don't hug Poppy today. He's been sick this week. So uh, uh, sorry if I hugged you or gave you a high five. We'll pray healing powers over you in Jesus' name. Good word today. Honestly, good word. Uh, not because I'm preaching it, because God gave it to me. <laughs> Like Moses, I'm the most humble person there is. Um, good word. So take notes if you need to. It's inspiring. It inspired me as I was studying it. I think it will inspire a lot of you just based on what God has in store for you. So we're going to answer a few questions that maybe some of you have had. We're going to give some scriptures. We're going to talk about a few things. And we're just going to enter uh, at the end just into another song of worship. So um, just just kind of hear me out and take some notes. It'll be really good about what heaven's about. Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for your word. It's alive, Lord. It's well, uh, Lord. And we want to learn from it today. We want to take from it. We want to we want to get to know you in a deeper sense, Father, Lord. So uh, bless the, the heart of the hearer today to understand what heaven is about and that you've created it for us, Father. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. The church said, amen. Uh, heaven. Uh, heaven, heaven is, is real, real, first of all. Heaven is alive. If you're new or a guest here to, to Grace Church, we believe in a heaven and a hell. Uh, normally I would preach standing up, but again, I'm a little bit uh, recovering from under the weather, so I'm going to sit for at least a portion uh, of this message. Um, but there is a heaven. A lot, of, a lot of people today in the world will try to dismiss that there's a hell, uh, that God is too good to send anybody there. And the fact is God doesn't send anybody to hell. He made a way out. Uh, he sent his son as a redeemer for us, and all we have to do is receive that salvation, and we're good. Uh, people will say, well, what about people in third world countries or Africa that never heard the gospel? Uh, God will judge them on their heart, and so there would be a separate judgment, my interpretation of scriptures, based on Romans 2, 12 through 15, for those who would be accused or excused based on their heart. We're also judged on what we know. So knowledge once was, uh, ignorance was bliss, now we're based on knowledge. And in the world today, especially with iPhones and, and uh, social media, instant communication, rapid response, that we have the right to know, we should know about heaven or hell. And so all we have to do is accept Christ, the work he did on the cross, his resurrection, the power there, and then we're saved based on uh, the salvation and accepting Christ as our Savior. So yes, there's a real heaven. There's a real literal hell. Uh, I don't think it's good to get saved because you don't want to go to hell. Uh, that might be a step in the right direction. I think it's good to be saved because God has fellowship and wants fellowship, restored fellowship with us. And so uh, let's talk uh, for a moment uh, about a couple things. Let's read out of Matthew, the 11th chapter, verses 11 and 12, uh, a prelude, a precursor. Uh, Jesus uh, is walking through the streets of Jerusalem. And John is in prison, getting ready to be beheaded. And his disciples, he sends his disciples to talk to Jesus and his disciples. 
Uh, this is the same day, by the way, later in the day, that Jesus is going to uh, feed 5,000 men, plus women and children, by the breaking of bread and multiplying of fish. So there's a lot going on. And there might be a lot going on in your life. You might have a lot of things. Uh, you might be building a business. You might be going through surgery. You might be uh, aware of uh, overcoming a sickness. You might be growing a family. You might be uh, having grandchildren. There might be a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things going on in Jesus' life. This is a crucial day in Jesus' life. And John backstory sends disciples to Jesus and says, are you the one or should we look for another? John's got to hand his disciples off to somebody and he's not sure who, although he knows it's Jesus. He has spoken of Jesus for the last three, four, five, six, seven years as the precursor, as the go-before, the forerunner. And so uh, he just wants to make sure and in part you know, maybe it's clarity to Jesus, not that Jesus, all God, all man, needs clarity. Maybe it's clarity to his disciples. And so uh, Jesus says, before we get, we get to this verse, Jesus says, uh, you tell John what you've seen. Blind eyes open, deaf ears hear, lame legs walk, the Son of Man is real. Yes, I am the one. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Now, that's a powerful statement. Unbelievable statement. Now, among those born of women, there is no one greater, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he stopped there for a second. Track with me for a moment. So some people ask, is there like rank and file in heaven? Apparently, according to Jesus, there probably is. Again, we're using doctrine, we're using the Bible, and then we're using interpretation. It would be my interpretation that there probably is. In fact, the scripture tells us in different uh, places that you might be over a city, or you might be over a tribe, or you might be over a nation, or you might be over a region. You might be rulers in the land. There would be rulers. And so in the new heaven and the new earth, okay, there is a time where we're preparing in this life for how we're going to lead in the next life. We're not sure what we'll be leaders of. We're not getting there to be leaders. We're followers in Christ, but good leader, good followers make the best leaders, okay? And so if you're a good follower of Christ, you're going to be a good leader in the nations and stages to come in the new heaven and the new earth. So he's saying this, John, as great as John is, he would be least in the kingdom of heaven today. So let's look at verse number 12. From the days of John the Baptist until the kingdom of heaven has suffered, until now the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, but the violence they take it by force. King James Version says here, and the violent they take it by force. So you're in a battle. There's a battle that is being taken place in the heavenlies. There's a battle all around us, and we don't see it. And sometimes the enemy wants to numb us to that battle. But I would say this church today, we're probably not seeking heaven as forcefully as we should. In fact, some of us, heaven is just like a place that we're going to go. Maybe we're going to float around on clouds. How could heaven be any better than earth? Maybe you finally got the job of your desire, the house of your desire, the spouse of your desire, the, you know, the car that you've always longed for. It's, it seems as though some people in my age, maybe that not midlife, after midlife, but they can afford things, and so they go out and get that car, or they get that, that home, and they get that thing, and that's all good. I like it. I'm, I'm for it. I, I want everybody here to buy a Porsche. See, Bob, 
I want everybody here to purchase a Porsche from Bob. I want everybody here to be able to buy a Porsche, to afford a Porsche. That may not be the case just yet, okay? Maybe, maybe you're not uh, in that realm, or maybe you're longing for things here on earth. I think we should be longing for things in heaven. We should be longing for things above. Hear me, because again, it's a trick of the enemy. Well, I got to build this business, and I got to do these things, and all that is good. But in, in that, in building your business and building your family and building your home, we know this, OJ, businesses don't build themselves. It does not, right? You have to work that thing. I mean, you have to go after it. You have to go after it hard. And it's usually the leader or the owner that works harder than anybody else. They're the ones sweating in the middle of the night. They're the ones that, oh, did I do this or did I do that? We should be that concerned about heaven. We should be in that realm, Barry, where we're saying, man, I wake up, I got, not in fear, but in hope. Man, I've got to, I've got to make sure that my, my loved ones get in heaven. I've got to make sure that my family gets to heaven. I've got to make sure that I'm preparing myself for heaven. Again, not in fear, church, but in hope. And so if the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent, they take it by force, there's a battle going on. In fact, Elisha was in 2 Kings uh, uh, chapter maybe 7 or 8, and the Bible says that different kings, uh, one king sent three different troops to kill him. They sent a corporal and 50 people to kill Elisha. And Elisha looked down and said, God, if I'm your man, kill every single one of them. And God sent fire and killed them all. So the king sent another uh, corporal with 50 people. They were coming up. Elisha, we're going to kill you. And Elisha said, God, if I'm your man, kill every single one of them. Killed every single one of them. King sent another group of 50 men and a corporal. And the corporal this time was a little smarter. He learned from the others. And the corporal came up and said, Elisha, bowing down on his knees, I know the God that you serve can kill me at your word, at your beck and call. Would you come talk to the king? So he went and talked to the king. The armies heard that, and they gathered around Elisha. He was by himself with, his, with just his servant Gehazi, and there were thousands of troops around them. Elisha went out, and Gehazi, Gehazi said, uh, Master, we're going to die. You know, this is going to be our last day on earth. Elisha said, don't worry about that. You know, greater is for us than the greater that is against us. And he, what are you talking about? Have you seen those troops? And Elijah says, God, would you open Gehazi's eyes to see the battle that's going around him? And he, in, in his spirit realm, he saw men in chariots and on horses with, with spears and uh, seals and tomahawks and hatchets and all these kind of bows and arrows and so on. And Gehazi said, let's go get them. And so as he said, no, just wait, son. Well, wait. If we could see the battle that was going on around us in the spirit world, we would be awestruck. There are battles every day for your spirit and soul. There are battles every day for your children and grandchildren. That's what I, I appreciate about Janie stopping the service. Let's pray for that generation that we know that the enemy's out to get them. Not only them, but your parents and grandparents, your children and grandchildren, your, your siblings and friends. Uh, the enemy is out to get them, and part of his attack is deception. Oh, heaven's nothing. Heaven's not even worth it. Heaven is everything. Heaven is the glory of God manifested. Heaven is going to be amazing, and we'll learn even more about heaven next week. We answer some of the questions as we go through this. Are, are my pets going to be in heaven? 
I don't know if your pet will be there. I'm not sure our pet will be there. It depends on what day of the week he may die. Maybe a good day. Maybe a bad day. You may love your pet, and your pet ends up being... Because God does grant the desires of the heart. I know there'll be animals in heaven. I know there'll be horses. There is a white stallion in heaven with Jesus' name on it that's never been written, that will only be written when he comes back to get the saints of the believers. He's going to come back on a white horse. (laughs) That horse is going to be big and bold and beautiful. He's going to have an army with him. Think about that. So there is going to be a stable of horses in heaven. There'll be lions up there. There'll be lambs up there. There'll be sheep up there. Jamie will have a horse up there named Wonder. I don't know if your pets will be there, but I don't, I don't think within my finite capability of thinking that earth will be better than heaven. And so if you have animals that please you here on earth. I don't see why they wouldn't be in heaven because God aims to please his children. You ever bought your son or daughter a puppy for Christmas? Yeah, God's going to make sure that you're, you're fully satisfied on the other side. That's going to be a done deal. But we have to take heaven forcefully. That doesn't mean we fight each other and debate each other. We don't uh, uh, evangelize each other and say, you're wrong and I'm right. That person's wrong and he's right. No, we say, I'm going to attack heaven today. I'm going to look for, see, the, the, the people in, in heaven now, they took it by force. In fact, let's go to Hebrews 11, chapter 32 uh, through 40, and let's read that as, as we move forward. And what more shall I say? This is the faith hall of fame. If you, like, I, I would like to have been in uh, my high school hall of fame or maybe a college hall of fame or maybe you dreamt of a, a sports hall of fame. We talk about different athletes as being the GOAT. Like, we have uh, disagreements or uh, discussions with our grandchildren. Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Who's the greatest of all time? Michael. You don't have to say his last name. Michael. Some will say LeBron. Some will say Kobe. Some will say, I can, I can line up with Kobe. Michael, Kobe. Look, we're on first name basis with these guys. We don't ever know. We never met them. LeBron. <laughs> I'm going to give you some people that are in heaven that really were the greatest of all time. For what more shall I say? For the time shall fail me to tell you of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice. Maybe they don't have scoring records or touchdown records. These guys changed the world. They made a difference for all time. They made a difference for where you're living and how you're living today. They enforced justice. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffering mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sewn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated of whom the world was not worthy. 
They sound like goats to me. They sound like greatest of all times to me. They sound like men and women who were only concerned about one thing, and that was the other side. That was the heavenlies. That was the, that was the end goal. It wasn't, and, and there's nothing wrong with building a good business. You need to be an entrepreneur. You need to be educated. You need, you need to grow a family. You need to be a, a good steward of what God has given you. You need to be educated, and you need to be faithful. You need to understand that God is in charge, but these are men and women who were like, hey, this is good, but heaven is better. They wandered about in deserts and mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth, verse 39 says, and all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. I always wondered about this scripture, how can we make them perfect? This word perfect there is complete, actually. Without them, we're not, without us, they're not made complete. So, in other words, they, they, they did their time. They did their service. They paid their debt. They did their realm. Some people will ask, well, will there be impairments on the other side? Will there, will there be people that are, or if they can't walk or they can't see? What, what's it look like on the other side? I'll give you two schools of thought. My, again, my interpretation. You may have a different interpretation. I have a sister named Peggy. She's a true saint. She's 70 years old, has multiple sclerosis. She has uh, been confined to bed for, for years. They get her out of bed and put her in a wheelchair. She's been on a feeding tube for probably 12 years or better. She, uh, she is basically invalid, uh, and yet one of the most joyful people you'd ever speak to. A, a teaspoon of pudding would choke her to death. So she uh, has a full mind. She's blind in one eye. She has uh, very little sight in the other. She, uh, she loves music. She loves uh, to hear people sing. She has certain artists that she listens to. Uh, her life, as we would see it, uh, is not highly functional at all, although she's just a, a perfect specimen of having joy and suffering. When Peggy gets to heaven, and yes, she's going there, and when she dies, she's going to go straight to heaven, okay? There is no go-between. She's going right there. When she gets to heaven, she's going to be jumping and running on streets of gold. She's not going to have any impairments or physical deficiencies. She'll have no uh, illness, no sickness, no disease, no infirmities at all. She will be 100% whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So if you know of somebody that had some physical impairments or physical deficiencies, they're whole in heaven. If you know somebody that uh, uh, had a baby or, or a baby born, uh, a stillborn, or, or a baby that was uh, uh, miscarried or, or some other tragedy that took that baby's life ahead of time, they're going to be whole in heaven. In fact, they're going to be rooting you on, we'll see in just a second, okay? We're, we're in a realm, church, where when we recognize that heaven exists, uh, we exist as well, okay? There, there, there's a thing. So these people that have gone before us, they're, they're not complete without us. This is what the Scripture is saying. If we continue to preach heaven to people, uh, I'd rather preach heaven than hell, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. Hell is a real place, but heaven is even more real. You, you know those people, uh, I've seen bumper stickers. Maybe you've seen them, bumper sticker on the back of some cars, and they say coexist, right? 
Uh, I, I want to drive by them, and I'll tell you why. Don't judge me. I want to give them a, a thumbs up. Coexist. Oh, Pastor, what do you mean coexist? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 and 40. Do we have it, uh, David? There are heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is one kind. The glory of the earthly is another kind. So a couple things here to answer some of your questions. One, will we know each other when we get to heaven? Yes, but we'll know them in their glorified or spiritual state. I would be of the understanding that people in heaven right now are more spiritual. They probably don't have their glorified body just yet. My interpretation, you may think differently. That's okay. We agree that there's a heaven. We're good there. They're in a spiritual state because when the new heaven and new earth take place, there's going to be a rapture of sorts that takes place, and all these souls are going to get their glorified bodies like Jesus did. Jesus was so cool. He came down, he ate fish, and then walked through a wall. Where'd the fish go? I mean, how how do you, how the fish digest? I mean, where did the, the fish? It's amazing. Glorified body is so cool. Like I said last week, I don't know if it was this service or the first. You can eat all the strawberry shortcake you want, and you are not going to get fat. That's heaven. I mean, that's one facet of heaven. That's not the reason we go, but that is a. I mean, talk about fish fries and all the fish you can eat. That's a big deal. But in the in the coexist. Paul says that we're already seated with Christ in heavenly places. And so the reason I can put my thumbs up is that I coexist and you coexist right now. We coexist in our, so we're partly supernatural and we're partly natural. We have a supernatural spirit that's living with us that's already seated with Christ in heavenly places. And we have a physical body with us that that we're going to transform from death to life. And so we're coexisting even within ourselves. So I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I've thought, I, I, like, I don't belong here. I don't, I, don't, I don't fit in. Where, where am I fitting? Well, Deuteronomy says, and just the same with Peter, that we're pilgrims passing through. We really don't have a place here. Well, pastor, I, I like my place here. I want to live here. That's good, but understand that heaven should be your priority. We want to chase heaven because we want to chase Jesus. And so we're coexisting within ourselves. I'm part supernatural and I'm part natural. The natural part of me is sometimes gets a headache, sometimes gets the flu, sometimes feels great emotions. That I'm excited. I, I love things. I want to I do things, okay? I, I want to go to a sports game or one of my grandchildren's uh, uh, sporting events or a school play. I, I was able to have a donut with my youngest grandson at school uh, the other day, and, and he said his mom gave him the okay. It was the world's biggest donut, and he ate every single bit of it. It was amazing. I was so proud of him. I was so proud of him. <laughs> he'll never have another donut, but man, unless we have donut day again next year, then he'll have another donut because I'll ask him and he'll say, even if he's lying, yeah, mommy said it was okay. I can have a donut. It was a huge donut. I was so proud of that guy nailing that thing. You coexist. If you, if you think sometimes, I'm not sure if I'm fitting in, it's because there's a spiritual side of you that's already kind of in heaven. 
I don't know how that works. It's something that, that God has done. It's something that because you, you've, you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you're, you're, already, you're already there. You're, you're in that realm, okay? And so when, when I say about scars, I think these martyrs that went before us, we may be able to see their scars. So there won't be imperfections in heaven, but there might be scars in heaven. Jesus showed his scars to the disciples, and we, and we kind of get down on Thomas. We call him a doubt. But the previous ten disciples, they had already seen Jesus' scars. Thomas just needed, wanted to see the same thing. Jesus will show you his scars. That's the reason why he died, was to show us his scars. The debt that he paid for us is real. So the scars of the martyrs, they may go on, but imperfections of the saints, they'll be wiped away. People have asked, will people in heaven see us down here? I'll give you my take on it. Let's go to Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let's stop there for a second. I believe in the heavenlies there are witnesses. I believe they're the saints in Christ that have already died. They're not just David and Abraham and, 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 and Jacob and Joseph. They're, they're Jesse and Mama. Their brother and sister, their daughter and friend, they're all of our loved ones that maybe have gone before us. Is there a banister in heaven, pastor? Are they able to look down? Let's stop here for a second. The Bible says, of James speaking, that uh, your love covers a multitude of sins. That means God's love covers a multitude of sins. If, if people can look down, we used to say in the old day, well, they can't look down and see our sin. They don't. When they, when they look down, they see God's love. When they look down, they don't see your flaws and failures. When little Judah comes and runs up to me, I don't see a, I don't see a runny nose or, or hair out of place. I don't see a shirt not tucked in. I, I see a, a grandson that I want to hug. And he always asks me, Poppy, how, how's your arm? A little compassionate at three and a half. Poppy, how's your arm? Can I see the scar? Aren't we going to be like that, Jesus? Thank you for dying on the cross. Can I see the scars that were born for me? When I, when I give a, a little Selah a hug and she doesn't want one, I grab her anyway. Right? My two oldest grandsons who are much bigger than me and, and, and stronger than I am, I give them a hug anyway. I, I don't see their height and weight. I see the, the love of a grandfather. Our, our grandson Cameron, when we go and watch a basketball game or see highlight videos, I, that's my grandson born on my same day. When your loved ones are looking down from heaven, and I believe they are, interpretation from Mark Dolphins, and they look down at you, Gary, when your brother's looking down at you and mom and papa look at you, they say, that's my son, whom I am well pleased. That's my brother who, who I love. If you, have a, if you have a son or a daughter, if you have a mother or father, and they're in Christ Jesus, and they're looking over the heavenlies at you today, they don't see flaws and, flaws and failures. They see a love of a child of a living God, and they're clapping at you and saying, you can do it, son. You, you can do it, dad. You can do it, brother. You can do it, sister. You see, we've wiped this thing away and said it's metaphors and mythology. I don't know. I tend to believe it's real. Every now and then I need someone rooting me on from the other side. And this Bible says here, therefore, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. You've had a loved one pass away. You've had a baby pass away. 
even in the belly, in the womb. <laughs> You've had a father pass away. You've had a mother and father pass away. And they are standing over the corridors of heaven looking down. And they're saying, Noah, David, come and look. Come, come and look at what's going on. Would you come and, would you come and see this? And Janie said about her father passing away. Oh, he, he was like, like he was, he was our great cheerleader. Like, Mark, he was just our great encourager. And, and if you knew my father-in-law, if you knew Jess, he, he would tell the truth and extend it. Are you with me? Do you know of anybody like that? Michael, he was a great fisherman. And, you know, the fish he caught were, were like, you know, the, you know the type. You know the type. He told a good friend of ours, Joe, that, that Andrew was one of the lead singers at Bethel. <laughs> now, I think that could be true, uh, but it, it wasn't exactly right. He knew Marcus was the greatest evangelism that walked the earth, him and Paul. He said it. He was, was a great, he was a great, great encourager. encourager. Our, our, he loved our kids. He loved uh, the, probably all the grandchildren. But for some reason, when we talked to him, like our grand, his grandchildren were like top shelf. Jill and, and Jeff were up here. And Jessica, like you couldn't go any higher. And then the boys, you know, working in ministry, he was, he was so proud. Could you imagine him this morning saying, hey, Jesus, <laughs> calling Jesus out. Come on, come on, look at Grace Church today. You got to see, they're getting in the presence of God, Jesus. You need encouragement, and if you don't have it here, you're going to have it there. Church, you have a banister in heaven, and there's people looking over it. Pastor, you don't believe that? I believe it with everything in me. It's my interpretation. I can run with it. You may have theological proof. Otherwise, I don't. I simply say on this one that when they look down, they're not seeing our flaws and our failures. They're seeing the love of Christ. And just like when I look at my children and my grandchildren, I do not look at falls and failures. I look at the love of a father and a grandfather. That says I, I could not be more prouder. Daughter and mama's looking down from heaven. with love in her eyes for what you guys are doing in Hickory and in Nicaragua and around the world. Did she go too early? Yes, she went too early. Yes, she did. Absolutely. But she's rejoicing in heaven now. Look at Mama and Papa Ron and Terry looking down from heaven on the other side. <laughs> Every now and then we need a word of encouragement. We may can't talk to them, maybe. Maybe we can. But we know they're up there saying, man, man, I love those guys. Noah, come and look. Noah, come and look. Noah, would you see these guys? There's a banister in heaven. Church, let me just go on for just a moment. I think, I think we, we've made this thing almost like it's a myth. We've made this thing almost like it's not real. Heaven is more real than what we're looking at right here. Heaven is more real than the person sitting next to you. For the Bible says the spirit world is more real than the physical world. And so when we look upon heaven and we see the, these, these people and this cloud of witnesses, now there's, there's a little bit of a, a connection here. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also then lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Why? Let's go to verse, let's, mm. 
looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne. What? This makes them complete. When we recognize Jesus did it for joy, Jesus did it for hope and for love. They're rooting us on. They're, the Bible says they're not yet complete. Why? Because this mission of the gospel to the world has to become complete so that they can be perfected or complete. They're working in that spiritual realm, rooting us on. Go, church. Go, church. Go, church. Yelling out your individual name, shouting your name from the rooftop, saying, come on, you can do it. Proud of you as all can be. Glad that you exist, just like we would with our children or our grandchildren. So why not take the weights off? Run for heaven. Run for glory. Run for the truth. Run for, don't let this, the weights of this world, doesn't always have to be sin. Sometimes it's pressure, anxiety, sleeplessness. Is it going to work out? Am I going to be everything? You turn it all over to the Lord. Peter said, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Worship team, you can get set up when I close and read this next scripture. So the Bible says in Matthew, the 19th chapter, this is kind of the qualification. The disciples were meaning well, but they, people were trying to bring children to Jesus and and they were they were uh, they were in the way. Sometimes kids get that way. They they were in the way. And 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 Jesus says, "Wait a second. Children brought to him that they might lay hands on him. And disciples rebuked the people. And Jesus said, "Let the little children come to me. For do not hinder them. For such is the kingdom of God." King James. Suffer the little children come unto you, for such is the kingdom of God, for such is the kingdom of God. So three things children are, really quickly before we close. Three things. One, that you children, they're very trustworthy, right? Children are trusting. Your children, your grandchildren, uh, as, as good parents, they, they trust you're going to have food on the table. They, they trust you're going to be home unless you're traveling that, that night. They're, they're, they trust that uh, things are going to work out. They trust that th- good things are going to happen, especially the little children like this. Says, trust, trust the little children. So we, we've quoted it a couple times already today. We've sang it, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Trust. Children trust. In order to know that heaven is there, we got to trust God. Number two, then the Bible says that, or the the Bible says that we are dependent. David, in fact, says in Psalm 62, 5, I depend on God alone. Where my dependence isn't on my job. My dependence isn't on uh, someone else who, who, who they think they can control my destiny. My dependence is on God. And when I depend fully on God, then it makes the trials of this world seem a little bit less than. And I don't know, people go through things, hard things, uh, incredibly uh, th- incredible things that who knows, how is God going to get them through this? But we are just simply pilgrims passing through. This heaven is well worth it. Even any trial that you might go through, any trouble you might go through, any ad- adversity that you're going to go through, any even sickness or illness or disease that you're going through, you are just a pilgrim passing through. This is not your final resting place. Don't buy into that lie that it doesn't get any better than this. It gets a whole lot better. And then the last one is children rely on shelter. 
they, they, they understand, at least in America especially, that there's going to be a roof over their head in most cases. The Bible says in Psalms 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, is in whom I trust. So we, we trust, we depend, and we have a shelter in the heavenly places. I'm going to ask you to stand with me today. And so, you know, can we see heaven? Do we know we're partly there? Can we experience people in heaven? We, we know loved ones are probably looking over us and, 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 and rooting us on. Is that a figurative speech? Is it literal? Again, I tend to think it's literal. I tend to think that your loved ones probably can see the love of God on you and are rooting for you. If they were rooting for you here, they wouldn't not be rooting for you there because heaven is more there than earth is here. We have to trust God. And maybe it's not our time yet. Maybe we're not there yet. But I would challenge you today, church, as you go through this week, think heaven. Think, think, the, think the battle is already won. Jesus won the battle, but there's a, there's a war at stake. And we're, we're walking in this war. We're living in this war. And so as we worship over the next song, I ask that you just pour your heart into it. If you want to come forward, you can come forward. If you want to stay where you're at, stay where you're at. But I ask that you pour your heart into the worship that God has for you because it's restored and redeemed fellowship that God sent Jesus to die for us. And if you don't know Jesus today, it's simply say, Father, please, 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 please forgive me of my sins. I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. I thank you, Lord, for rooting me on with the saints above. Father, I pray right now that, Lord, as we enter into one more worship song, Lord, that we could attack the heavenlies today. Lord, with a ferocious spiritual violence that says, we, got, we, we have to get there. And we know, Jesus, you've already made a way. We, we take that. We thank you for it. But, Lord, even through our actions, Lord, that nobody hinders us. And we love all people. We love you. And we thank you, God, that you've made a way where there seems to be none. Father, we bless you today. Bless our saints watching online. Bless, bless our saints here. Lord, knowing, knowing, Father, the love of Jesus Christ opens heaven's doors. In Jesus' name we pray.
word. What a good word. Our hope. So good. Hmm. Happy birthday, Donna. Also had a birthday with Pastor, our missionary mama, we like to call her, missionary Nana. What a gift. God's given us so many gifts. Um, I'm just going to close with just, I'm going to try and make a really quick story that kind of goes with what Pastor is talking about, looking over the banister. A few weeks ago, I was in my sunroom, and that's where we love to have our prayer time. But I was by myself that day, had my Bible, and I was just reading, and I was praying, and I had some worship music going. And uh, I want you to hear that I wasn't praying for this, but this is how our Father works. I had just made the comment to God as I was just talking to him. I just said, you know, God, I just miss my dad. You know what? I miss his voice that would just say, this is what he would say. And this is key as part of the prophetic word that came to me. Jane, not Janie with a Y. He just called me Jane. He said, Jane, I'm so proud of you. And I just said, you know, I was praying to God. I just miss that he would say, Jane, I'm so proud of you. And as pastor said, he would like, he just thought we were like, great. You know, we're just us. But he just thought we were just amazing and you were amazing. It just He just made everything greater because he had that kind of love. And I had just said, I just missed him giving me those calls that would just be encouraging. And then I just went about my prayer and didn't think anything more of it and went to church on Sunday. So that was like probably Wednesday because that's my alone day. And so on Sunday, my friend Monica, who works in prophecy, she goes to the other church. She's her and Dale, they're just wonderful people. Sometimes they come and pray, but just um, was just praying. And she came up and she said, I got a word for you. And she said, I'm going to tell you it's kind of weird. And I want it to be more extravagant. And I'm like, Lord, what can more can I put to this word? That's not enough. I just give me more because that's not a very good word. I need, if you're telling me to give Janie a word, give me something more than just that. And she said, nothing would come. And so she said, all right, I'm just going to be obedient. I'm going to go up to Janie, and I'm just going to tell her that. Because she always called me Janie, and she still does. And so she came up, and she said, all right, this is the word. Jane, I'm so proud of you. And I just started bawling. like. And she's like, okay, apparently I didn't need to add more to your story. She said, I wanted to add more. But she didn't use the word Janie, which I thought was kind of cool. And she's never called me Jane. It's just always been Janie. And she said, Jane, I'm so proud of you. That's what God told me to tell you. Jane, I'm so proud of you. And I thought... She said, I guess God is just proud of you. And I said, you know, I love that. And after I got done bawling and crying and wiping my face, I told her my story that Wednesday I had spent time with Jesus and said, I missed my dad. And God is our father. So our father heard the message that I had said. I just missed my dad saying, Jane, I'm so proud of you. So here he comes and he gives a word to say, how much greater my heavenly father was. I was wanting my father to say it, but my heavenly father, who loves us even more than anybody could ever love us, came and said, I'm so proud of you. And I took that as just a word, like Pastor saying, kind of looking over and saying, hey, he, he hears us. I wasn't asking for a prophetic word. He just wanted to tell me. And, and today we've kind of talked about children a little bit, and I shared this as well in first that if you have a child, doesn't matter their age, 
we just take a moment and just say that. I'm so proud of you because too many times we tell him so many negative things and we forget to just go back. When Pastor and I would have to discipline our children, we would get done with the discipline and we would sit them down and say, okay, now, what did you do? Because I don't want to discipline them and not un- them not understand what they did wrong. So, and then he would always say, and Jessica was the cutest one at this, who loves you? Who loves you? Because he just disciplined them. Who loves you? You do. And, you know, she didn't feel like much love because she just got spanked or something. But she knew that she was loved even though she made a mistake. And I feel like that was part of that message. Even though we make mistakes, God still loves us. Our Father still loves us. And He cares about the smallest things. So tell your kids every once in a while, even just out of the blue, just kind of blow their mind. Just walk up and say, Marcus, I'm so proud of you. Drew, I'm so proud of you. Jessica, I'm proud of you. Jill's watching online. Jill, I'm so proud of you. Because they need to hear that from you. Um, and I just I just feel like that was a word from God. But I just wanted to share that little testimony that came on Wednesday. I asked it. And on Sunday, my beautiful friend Monica brought me that word. Didn't understand what it was, but God did. So God has ways of just giving you a word of encouragement or something. So I love that. I just thought that was just just like a kiss from heaven. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, he loves us. He loves us so much. So Father, we love you right back. And we thank you that you are the Father who is looking over at us today, just saying your name. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, Lord, that we get to hear those words and we get to receive your love and your forgiveness and Lord, that we can walk, Lord, together knowing that one day we're going to be with our loved ones again, but most of all, we're going to be with Jesus, and we are rejoicing for that, and we long for that. So we bless you, and we thank you for this day, in Jesus' name. All right, don't forget Wednesday, 6.30 downtown, and then Friday, 6 o'clock for the youth. You're going to have a blast. Love y'all. Be blessed. See you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.